Hello, welcome back to Higher Health. It's been a minute. I've not done a podcast in a couple of weeks, I'm sure you noticed. Reason being, work's been a little bit busier and I just didn't feel like it. And I'm really conscious of ensuring that this podcast remains something that I enjoy doing and not something that I place a lot of pressure on myself to do or a lot of expectation on it. Because when I do that, it sort of takes away the joy of it. And I'm doing this for fun more than anything else because I enjoy doing this. I enjoy having conversations with people. I enjoy sharing what's on my mind and different ideas. And hopefully you find it beneficial too. So today is another solo episode. I'm going to be just just talking to myself pretty much. Um, and I'm going to be talking about self-awareness, which is something that I think is fundamentally important for pretty much everything in life. It's something that I really, really value and that I'm conscious of developing because yeah, I just recognize what a significant role it plays in all aspects of my life. Um, so today we're gonna to talk about, I'm gonna talk about what self-awareness actually is, why it matters, and how you can go about developing it with some of the practical tips and methods that I've found really beneficial for developing my own self-awareness. Before I get into all that, please be sure to leave a five-star review for this podcast. It is one of the things, that probably the most important thing for me to experience growth with regards to this podcast and to spread the message and to share um, yeah, share this, this content. So it'd be massively appreciated if you could just take a minute and take your thumbs to the review button and leave a five-star review and some kind words if you feel like doing so. Cool. So self-awareness, what actually is it? Now, in my eyes, self-awareness is the ability to be able to step back and view yourself from an external perspective, to be able to objectively look at your actions, thoughts, and feelings instead of being so wrapped up in them that you fail to recognize that you are not them. Most of us live our lives wrapped up in a narrative, in a an inner monologue, an inner story that we're telling ourselves about ourselves, and we really struggle to step out of it. You know, a lot of people struggle to real, realize that the story that's going on in their head isn't actually the objective truth. It's very much just the mind creating thoughts and projecting them into your experience of life. Self-awareness is gaining the understanding that those thoughts and those feeling, feelings that you experience aren't actually, aren't actually you. You are the witnesser of those things. It's being able to take a step back and just view them with a little bit more clarity and with a bit more separation. Essentially, it's becoming conscious of why you do the things you do, why you behave the way in which you behave, just gaining a deeper understanding of yourself. And why does this actually matter? Like, Why is it important to develop self-awareness? Well, first and foremost, being more self-aware allows you to make better or more aligned decisions. So you think about it, a lot of us go through life just making decisions that the people around us have convinced us are best for us. There's no better example than this than the education system. So, you know, my experience, and I think the experience of most people going to school is that you sort of get pushed in a direction. You're told that you've got to, you know, study hard, get certain grades, learn about certain subjects so that you can then get a degree or go to university, get the degree and then go and, you know, be a valuable part of the workforce, working in a nine to five office job, doing your thing. All right. Well, maybe not so much of an office job now. Maybe it's a bit more of a office and home job. But either way, it's a very, um, a very 
what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know, like standard sort of approach to how your life should go. Now, at no point within those years of school are you really, at least in my experience, asked important questions about yourself, about what are the things that you care about? You know, how, how would you like to make an impact? What are the things that make you feel alive, that make you feel really um, inspired? When you have greater self-awareness, when you, when you ask yourself those sort of questions, you know, what does make me feel alive? What does make me feel inspired? That in turn informs your decision-making. It means that you can start looking at the sort of decisions that you make and asking yourself whether they do align with the things you care about. So that might come down to your career choice. You might actually start to question whether the the career path that you thought you were going to go down actually aligns with the things that you care about or the sort of person that you are. So by better knowing yourself, you're able to make better decisions in life and therefore live in a more aligned way. And that in turn just enhances your overall experience of life. There's nothing worse, and I can vouch for this, nothing worse than you know doing something, whether that be a job or a hobby or um, whatever it might be, that just doesn't align with, with you as an individual. You know, It doesn't make you feel good and feel whole. So being able to make better decisions in turn has a massive impact on your experience of life. Secondly, when it comes to, so secondly, yeah, the second reason behind why self-awareness I think is super important is that it creates greater confidence because by being more self-aware, that in turn means that you're more conscious of your strengths, your weaknesses, and your fears. This in turn makes it possible for you to recognize recognize those things, so recognize your fears, recognize the areas where you um, where you could potentially improve and actually work on them instead of hiding from them and trying to deny them. Um, and I think that in turn just means that you can become a more complete, a more um, actualized version of yourself. So when you then you know, are able to acknowledge your weaknesses and acknowledge the areas in which you potentially have room for growth, it means that you're going to feel more assured in yourself because rather than just sort of try to hide away from the fact that maybe you're not the most confident public speaker, for instance, you just sort of own that fact and say, okay, I'm not a great public speaker, but... I've got the willingness to try and improve on that skill and develop my communication skills and just accept that it's okay. You're okay as you are, but you're willing to improve. Having the awareness of self in that sense can be really beneficial because it just means that you're adopting more of a growth mindset and that you're able to project greater confidence in your daily life because you're aware of your strengths, you're aware of your limitations, and you're aware that you have the potential and the room for growth and that's a a really humble thing to to have and it's a it's an important skill set to to hold on to because yeah i think it's um it's a lot life's a lot nicer when you're able just to be authentic rather than trying to pretend that you're something that you're not if instead you own up to your own um your own weaknesses your own limitations and you work on them that feels a lot more authentic and a lot more um a lot more congruent it creates less resistance to life. Lastly, having greater self-awareness allows you to be more empathetic, allows you to see things through the eyes of other people. When you can look inwards and reflect and start to peel back the layers of why you do the things you do and why you react in the way you react to certain situations, it allows you to then 
observe the way in which other people react and behave and start to gain a little bit more compassion and a little bit more empathy for for their circumstances and for their uh, for their for their behavior so yeah increased empathy is one of the big things as well that comes from having a better understanding of yourself so all of these things you know being able to make better more aligned decisions having greater confidence and being able to be more empathetic in turn allows you to live a more fulfilled life you make better decisions like i said you're a more effective communicator and you have better relationships because you get out of the way of yourself. You're not so wrapped up in your own narrative that you actually prevent yourself from connecting with other people or from being uh, an effective communicator. So these are all really important things. You know, everyone wants to be able to make good decisions. Everybody wants to have meaningful connection with other people. So I think the fact that self-awareness can boost your, your ability to have these things that alone outlines why it's so important and why it's so significant. So next, let's talk about how you can go about actually developing your self-awareness. Now, this is something that I'm, like everybody else, on the, what's, what's the word, I guess? I'm on the journey. I'm trying to figure it out myself. You know, by no means am I some completely enlightened and fully self-aware Um, being, I'm still very much going through the process of uncovering and exploring myself and learning more about myself. So it really is first and foremost an ongoing process. So don't feel as though there's like some state that you're trying to aspire to. It's it's a journey, it's a process. So the very first thing that I think is fundamental to to developing greater self-awareness is implementing moments of stillness into your life. Now, by this, I mean moments where you're not thinking, moments where you're not planning ahead or worrying about the past or whatever. It's just taking a moment to literally be, to exist. That's what we are, human beings. We're not human doings, we are human beings. So if we can find ways within your daily life to connect with that element of beingness, of stillness, that in turn is going to allow you to live in a space of... Well, to live less in a state of reactivity, less in reaction mode. So one of the things that I'm really conscious of, that I've become conscious of over the last few years, is that when something happens to me, it's really easy to be, to gravitate towards that initial instinctive reaction. So maybe someone says something that just, you know, irritates you a little bit. And the natural instinct is to respond in maybe an aggressive or a confrontational way that's living in in reaction mode. But by adding more moments of stillness into your life, you're able to create a little bit of a gap between the things that happen in your life, the experiences that you have and your reaction to them. You're able to to, to like respond to situations in a more healthy way, in a more calm and centered way. And that in turn is gonna improve so much, so many of your experiences in life. You know, you're going to be coming from a place of greater calmness, from greater clarity, and you're not going to respond in ways that you might regret down the line. So developing stillness, first and foremost, is just recognizing that at any moment during your life, you have the ability to stop, to slow down. 
I like to use certain trigger points during my day. So perhaps it is, one of the things I like to use is the very first coffee or the very first tea that I have in the morning. That right there is a moment where I can take a sip of that drink and I can stop and I can just look around. I'm not thinking ahead. I'm not thinking about what I'm doing later in the day. I'm purely paying attention to the sensation of drinking that tea or coffee, to what's going on around me. So I'm actually looking up. I'm not staring down at my phone. I'm looking up into my environment. Maybe I'm watching people as they walk past or I'm looking at the sky or I'm looking at a tree. It's just paying attention to what's around you. You can use, like I said, different trigger points during your day to remind yourself to have those moments of stillness. So having that first tea or coffee, maybe it's when you first sit in your car on your way to work, just take a minute, just sit there, be still and just pay attention to life, to what's going on around you a little bit more. Maybe it's when you go out on a walk or whenever it might be, try to set up regular moments during your life, during your day where you just stop and just be. It sounds really... Um, simple and that's because it is but we don't do it enough we are always on the go always in distraction mode always reacting to things take that time create that little bit of separation that bit of distance between your thoughts and how you react or rather events and how you react instead so the next method that I'm going to suggest to you is reflection just spending time alone looking inwards asking yourself important questions one of the issues of our modern society is that it's hyper stimulating it's always competing for our attention it's always trying to distract us whether that be the television your phone all the apps on there all these different things are competing for your awareness this in turn makes it really tough for you to or for us to find moments where we can actually look inwards and stop looking for a way out from our own thoughts and from our own mind. There's a really interesting study, in fact, where people were given the option to either spend 15 minutes in complete silence, just alone with their thoughts, or the option to um, have an electric shock, a, a mini electric shock given to them. And I think the stats were something like 30% of women decided to give themselves a regular electric shock and 60% of men, which just shows how uncomfortable we all are, a lot of us are, with spending time by ourselves in our own, in our own thoughts. But the important thing about taking this time to do so, to reflect and to look inwards, is because it allows you to gain a better understanding of why you do the things you do, provided you use those moments of reflection to look at things objectively, to not get carried away by the thoughts. So there's a few ways in which you can actually reflect. So one of my favorite things to do is to journal, just to write down what's going on in my mind. So the things that I'm thinking, the emotions that I'm feeling, but also what's actually happening in, in my external world. So what my circumstances are, how work's going, how relationships are going, whatever it might be, writing stuff down. By actually formulating your thoughts into words, it, I find that it gives me a lot more clarity on what's what lies at the root of what I'm feeling or experiencing, and it actually helps provide a lot of direction if I'm struggling with something. So just taking uh, a few minutes each day to pick up a pen and get, get yourself a journal first of all, you can buy one for like five pounds from a shop or wherever, and just writing down what's going on in your mind. It's a really therapeutic practice, and the cool thing is that over time you can then look back at your previous journal entries and you can reflect on 
how you've changed over the the course of a few months or whatever it might be. So that's journaling. Another way of reflecting, looking inwards, is just spending time by yourself. Just literally taking some moments to... And that, this might be it might be tough for you to do it at home maybe you've got to take the time when you're sat in your car or when you're um, going out on a walk whatever it might be just spending time alone I like to talk to myself if I'm being very honest whether that be in the car or in my apartment I like spending time verbalizing what's going on in my mind and putting it out there into words once again and that for me is a really beneficial way of reflecting looking inwards and peeling back the layers of myself and trying to learn more about where certain emotions stem from, where certain feelings stem from. One of the really powerful ways in which you can reflect is to look back at some of the moments during your life where you have experienced the most pain, the most suffering, and to ask yourself how you could have taken accountability um, for your actions or for your behaviours. So for instance, perhaps you've gone through a painful breakup in the past and your initial reaction is to want to place all the blame at the other person's feet. In reality, the blame and responsibility is never solely down to one person. So that whole situation is an opportunity for you to reflect, to look inwards and to ask yourself, what sort of patterns was I, were I, was I displaying? What sort of behaviours was I um, carrying out that perhaps were de- detrimental to the relationship, that were a causal factor behind why the relationship wasn't successful? And I'm not saying that the relationship had to be successful, but having the ability to look inwards and to reflect objectively on your own behaviors and your own patterns then gives you the power to then rectify them moving forward. This is why reflection is so powerful. It gives you the ability to look at yourself and look at your behaviors in the past and learn from them and grow from them and hopefully not display them again in the future. Next up, I've got a nice fun one for you, and that is to take a personality test. Now, the personality test that I like to take is called 16personalities.com, I believe. Um, That's the website. And really, you just take 10 minutes or so to answer a handful of questions about how you feel in certain scenarios and different situations. And in turn, it then gives you a bit of feedback, or I say a bit, quite a comprehensive bit of feedback as to the sort of person you are, um, what your strengths and weaknesses are, how you may behave in, in relationships, workplace habits, all these different things that just give you, I'll be honest, a really spooky spookily accurate um, breakdown of the sort of person that you are and that in turn it can actually give you a little bit of clarity as to again why you behave the certain in, in certain ways why it is that you find certain things really appealing and really uh, interesting and yeah it's just it is really fascinating so I definitely recommend you go check it out um, there's not much more else to say about it really I, I like to do them every four or five months maybe every six months or so and it's always insightful to to have um, such a detailed breakdown of the type of person that you are. Like I said, it's spookily accurate. Um, Go and check it out, 16personalities.com, takes you maybe 10 minutes. Another thing that I've found hugely beneficial and continue to find hugely beneficial is learning from other people. In particular, I'm talking about sort of spiritual teachers. So for me, people like Russell Brand, Eckhart Tolle, Alan Watts, Jay Shetty, Aubrey Marcus, Peter Crone, people that all I recommend, first of all, first and foremost, that you check out, whether that be on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you can find these people. Um, 
And essentially, they're people who have a lot of wisdom, a lot of experience, and a deep understanding of themselves. And when you listen to people who have that level of awareness of consciousness, that in turn exposes you to your potential, to your possibility. So there's nothing too depthy to say about this other than go and seek out mentors, seek out people who are perhaps further down the path than you, um, people who have been through things, people who are dedicated to helping others develop their own awareness. I really can't recommend all of those people that I mentioned enough, um, particularly Eckhart Tolle, I must say, and even though he comes across in, a, in an interesting way, but he's someone who, when I read his book, The Power of Now, that had a real perspective shifting um, impact on my life. So go seek out teachers, seek out mentors. And it might not be some of like, the famous names that I've mentioned. It might just be people within your local, local community. Um, but really powerful way of developing your own self-awareness is to spend time with people who, or learn from people who are a little further down the path than you are. I think that is pretty much it. That's everything I've got to say about developing self-awareness. Now, don't get me wrong, there's definitely more ways in which you can go about developing your self-awareness. But for me, those are some of the things that just come to mind as being the most impactful experiences and methods that, that I've come across. Like I said to you earlier, I am very much going through this process just like you are, just like we all are. It's an ongoing journey. It's an infinite game. There is no point of arrival. You're not going to ever reach a point and say, I'm here. I've I've completed self-awareness. So take encouragement from that. Understand that it's very much a process, um, but recognize that it's an important one, that it will, it will improve pretty much every aspect of your life. It will improve how you interact with those around you. It'll improve your decision-making and it'll improve how you feel. Hopefully you enjoyed today's podcast. If you did, please, like I mentioned earlier, be sure to leave a five-star review and reach out to me. Drop me a message on Instagram or Facebook or wherever. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what perhaps are your um, your, what your experience of developing self-awareness has been like, some of the practices that you employ and how you found that it's uh, impacted your life. Please don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, peace.